Hello and welcome to the Grace and the Adventure of Leadership podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Sovereign Grace Churches Australia, and our hope is that you will be fueled and formed by the glorious realities of the gospel through listening to this podcast. You're listening to part two of an episode that we began last week, looking at how do you have a gospel-centered church? We talked last time about the mission statement that Dave Taylor brought up when he came over to Australia to plant the first Sovereign Grace Church here, that he was seeking, and, and we're, our church has adopted it too, to build a community of believers who are passionate about knowing, applying, and proclaiming the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. We spent a, a lot of time in that first episode looking at the first part of that, knowing the gospel. And how a church that is passionate about knowing the gospel um, is united around the gospel, is motivated by the gospel, and is protected by the gospel. And so now we're going to look at the remaining two elements, what it means to apply the gospel practically and passionately in the local church and proclaim the gospel. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's jump into now just an overview of why why applying the gospel. That's probably not a term that people have used <clears throat> yeah. a whole lot. So we're a church passionate about knowing and applying the gospel. What does that mean? Yeah, it's it's another thing that I discovered real quick was was a sovereign grace distinctive, um, in that I don't think I'd ever met people that took the Bible so seriously. Hmm. And what I mean by that is not just knowing it. So we're not just uh, going to sit yeah, around yeah. a table and, and argue in Hebrew and Greek about what exactly it means. I'm not about knowing it so that it is being applied in mm. people's lives. So if this is true, what difference does this make to my to my life, to my functional life? And that, that doesn't just come from a group of guys sitting around a table and going, oh, we should really apply this. This sounds good. It's just reading the Bible and applying the Bible. I hadn't seen this before I joined, <laughs> to be honest, because I grew up in a really, uh, really great word-centered church. And mm-hmm. we did apply it, but I just never made the the link that knowing wasn't the blessing. So explain, explain, go on and explain James 1 and kind of yeah. show the link. Well, I think James 1 is, is the classic place to, to look at this stuff because I think the whole sort of premise and banter of just the word will do the work, you think... Yeah, kind of. Yes, the word is powerful, but the word itself says we need to apply it to be blessed. So yes, it does work through us doing work in it. So James 1, you know, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. And he says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Hmm. You know, that last phrase is is so important because what he's saying there is it is possible to be hearers of the word and not blessed. Yeah. We are blessed in by being hearers of the word 
we then chew it over in our hearts and minds and then we actually apply it and it's the application that brings grace to our souls it's the application and that brings blessing with it so at sovereign grace we are really passionate about ensuring that we want to let the gospel function in our lives so i want to know how does the gospel function in marriage? How does the gospel function in the single years? Mm. How does the gospel function in parenting and relationships and jobs and education and desires? We want to be quick to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word so that we're not deceived. If we're going to enjoy the tastiness yeah. of the gospel, we have to eat it and ingest it and enjoy it together. Otherwise, we are potentially just deceived i do think it's possible riley sadly mm. to sit under amazing teaching teaching that's better than mine and yet effectively be totally deceived because you do nothing with it yeah. and that is a tragedy we don't want to do that we want to be eager to know the gospel we want to be eager to apply the gospel not just allowing scriptural knowledge to fill our minds but allowing this knowledge to be a prelude to action in yes. our lives and that's exactly the dynamic in the New Testament is that you, you know, you hear the word and then it changes your heart and then it changes your hands. It, it, yeah. it goes Amen. through your mind, captures your heart and then has to be lived out. And that's yes. where the that's where the beauty and, and it all comes is the changed lives and everything like that. So Amen. in our churches, we're seeking to apply the gospel. And what that often looks like in some practical senses is instead of doing Bible studies, we've done... Um, our small groups are actually centered around applying what was preached rather yes. than merely studying it or studying some other book. So given that the yeah. pastors have preached a sermon on Sunday, okay, how are we going to change our hearts and how are we going to live that out and how are we going to help one another be accountable to that? And, yeah. and then there's a million other ways that we seek to apply it, but that would probably be one of the main ways. Yeah. Let's jump into the last one there. Um, so we're, we're, we know the gospel. We're seeking to live it out, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, not conform to the pattern of this world. But then finally, we want to proclaim the gospel. We don't yes. want it just to be the best kept secret. Um, yeah. So why, why is that in there as the third thing? Look, because I think I have a strong conviction that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. Yeah. The gospel is powerful. The gospel changes people's lives. It has it has an innate quality within it that the Holy Spirit takes it in power yeah. and opens up people's lives. It, it's incredible. And so we want to be a church that is proclaiming it. You know, the, the danger is, and, I, and I've done this, we did this in the UK when I was a pastor there, we were so busy emphasizing church as family and church as the body and enjoying one another we we unwittingly almost became like a Christian ghetto. Right. It's like the doors are closed. We don't want to be kind of infected by the unholy people. And we just want to be serious about the word and serious about the gospel, apply it. In some ways, we missed the point. Right. Making we, disciples. Exactly. Disciples. In some ways, we were a city on a hill with the doors shut and the lights <laughs> off because right. we didn't want people to notice. Whereas, and then I just remember it, I remember it vividly as having a conversation as a team about it and, and effectively repenting that we, mm. we were wrong. And one of the one of the deciding factors on that was the verse where it talks about Jesus being a friend of sinners. Mm. And we realized effectively we weren't being. The gospel is what saves people. The gospel has the power of God into salvation for all who believe. Everyone, the Bible tells us, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how are they to call on him? And do they not believed? And so on and so forth. We have all been sent without any doubt. 
to go and preach the good news to people. It's probably the highest calling on our yeah. lives to represent Jesus Christ as ambassadors, not just leaders, anybody who's a Christian, who's yeah. a disciple of Christ, to go tell people about Jesus. And so we deliberately, within application, we deliberately also put a, a, a real emphasis on we want to be proclaimers of the gospel. We want to be living this out in our homes, but then we want to be living it out in the workplaces and the highways and the byways. We want to be telling people about Jesus because outside of that, they don't know him and they yeah. are destined for an eternity under his wrath. Tragically. And I don't want that for people. Mm. I, I'm so grateful that somebody else at the right time shared the gospel with me. And I want to ensure that we're building a church that, by God's grace, does the same to other people. Yes. Tells them about Jesus. Mm. And it's one of those things that um, if you truly think it's good news, then you're going to share it. How you can know, you not? The yeah. Italians, I don't think anyone had to do a mass market message to say, tell everyone that you won the Euro. It no, just, it's no. going to come out. It's yeah. going to be um, popping out of their mouths because they're excited about Amen. the victory that they their team had. And It's a bit of a sore, bit of a sore analogy. Yeah, well, Too soon. Yeah. Too soon. I like but to rub it into the pommies. <laughs> but we have the victory in Christ. Jesus has defeated Amen. Satan. He's defeated sin. He's defeated death. And he's overcome all those things delivered it all to us, and so we've got to let people in on the news. Oh, brothers, it's an incredible privilege. I mean, we're, it talks about in the Bible of how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We have got the best news on the planet to tell people. How can we stay silent? Yes. How can we not share that with people? You know, we automatically want to give away stuff um, that is dear to us, hmm. and we always talk about what we love. And so in Sovereign Grace, we want to do all we can to ensure that what we love the most is Jesus. And then I believe what will come out of our mouths, and both private and public, is that. Well, fantastic. Uh, that's exciting. That's whetting my appetite to talk about this more. Mm. So we've been talking today. We'll be giving an overview of where we're going for the season, uh, why we want to see and how we're seeing gospel-centered churches planted and pastored. And stay tuned for more episodes as we dive into more depth in each one of those areas and look at how to actually make this happen within your local church or the ministry sphere that's your context. If you'd like more information about Sovereign Grace Churches Australia, uh, we're pioneering a new denomination um, for here, uh, for Australia, to plant, to be a part of Sovereign Grace Churches globally. Go to SovereignGrace.com and click the Australia button and get in contact with us if you'd like to know about becoming a Sovereign Grace pastor, planting a Sovereign Grace church, or your church being adopted into Sovereign Grace. Um, otherwise, just enjoy. I hope this content has blessed you, and we'll speak to you next time.